But today specifically, we are going to talk about salvation, the ultimate new birth. We've talked about all kinds of new births, and today we're going to talk about the ultimate new birth, salvation. What does it look like? Why do I think it's the ultimate new birth? And why is it so important for you and I and the people around us? All right. What is a new birth? This is a definition I've been giving you through the series, and I'll give it to you again. A new birth is the bringing forth the actual beginning of something that was believed and expected for. It's no longer just a dream or an idea. It is real and alive. It is crying in front of us, and the Lord is giving us the responsibility and joy of raising up what is new for His glory. Now, any of you who have had babies for real, literal babies, you know the expecting time. It's, it's, it's real to you, but it's not yet birthed until nine months or so. And when that happens, everything changes and suddenly the thoughts and pictures and ideas become real. New births in the spiritual, new births in where we're at are going to be just as real as that new baby. Now, we've already seen a number of new births this year in our congregation. We've seen new businesses start. We had a couple who started a new restaurant at the Northern Lakes College. And now, obviously, they were expecting and planning for that for a while. But it wasn't real. It wasn't needing any care until it opened on January 3rd. And by the way, this is not an advertisement, but the food is amazing. <laughs> we had another uh, gentleman here just a couple weeks ago. He started a new taxi business. But new births, people stepping up, stepping out. And then we had a, a young lady. I think she's here today. There she is. She was telling us she was at the finance course. It just started, and we're giving you a chance to get in. But she was at the finance course, and she said she started a nurse's staffing kind of business, and I couldn't figure it out, and I still can't. But anyways, it's a new birth. How cool is that? People stepping up, trying new things, stepping into new things as they feel God's leading them. Well, today specifically, I want to talk about the ultimate new birth, salvation. John chapter 3 and verse 3, we read this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. You see, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. All right, this born-again thing. Many times the word is used, do you and I really know what this salvation is all about? Do we understand, well, what does it mean, born again, enough to tell somebody else? I know that the majority of you here today are believers. You've already uh, been saved. You understand what it means to be born again. Do you know how to share it with somebody else? So as we go through this message today, don't sit there and go, well, I'm already saved. I don't really, I got to hear about this again. Yes, you do. But this time you're hearing it 
so that it can be in you to give out to somebody else. And I asked that question once in a while, who have you told about Jesus lately? Or when was the last time you talked to somebody where you work about Jesus? If somebody came up to you at work at coffee break, sat down and said, I heard about this born-again thing. Do you know what that means? Would you be able to explain it to them? Would you be able to pray with them to come to Christ? Let's just do it as an example because I'm not sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. I used to work in the construction industry and worked building homes. Before that, I worked at some of the mills in town. And I understand how that all works. Coffee breaks and rough people. And uh, I can remember working at a mill one time and they would talk about some of the craziest things. They knew I was in ministry back then. I was in evangelism. And uh, sometimes they'd bring up topics. And uh, one guy, do you want to hear about this? I said, I don't, but I don't think you're going to give me a choice. But I said, remember, when you're done, then it's my turn. They liked me. I don't know if they did, but anyhow. The point is, if somebody is asking you, would you be able to talk to them? So we're going to do this. I'm going to find somebody, and I'm going to pretend I am the guy at work who knows nothing, or not very much. That maybe came out wrong. I'm not saying I don't know nothing about nothing, but nothing about salvation. And I'm going to pick on someone who knows a little bit, and I'm going to ask them questions and see if they can answer. After today, for sure, you'll be able to Let's see, you work at a job. If I was having coffee, you would answer my questions. Hmm. I'm going to sit here with you. It's coffee break. We both just finished our shift driving <laughs> chips. We are wood chips. Not like chips for snacks. Wood chips. Okay, wood chips. We, we finished our shift. We're in the coffee room. And uh, I don't know much, but I kind of caught on that this guy goes to church and I'm I was hearing something on YouTube the other day, some guy about born again. If I don't get born again, I go to hell. What is he talking about? What does this born again mean? This could happen, right? And that's what happens to us. Sometimes our mind goes blank. I'm not sure what. You know. You know it. Uh, Okay, so you get the picture. This could be happening at coffee break. I'm not going to know much, and I'm going to ask questions. This can happen to you. Do you have answers for him? Are you able to answer enough questions and then pray with them if they want prayer after? So for you who are believers today, this is what I want you to get in you before you leave. Because at the end of service, I'm going to pray for the believers that they have opportunities this week to pray for somebody or talk to them about Jesus, okay? All right. Now, one thing I do want to make clear when we're talking about this for you as believers, people are usually okay with hearing about Christ if you're not pushy and annoying. If you're annoying, they're going to say no to your annoying, not necessarily Jesus. If you're being really religious and putting them down, they're going to say no to religion, not necessarily Jesus. Because I've found that most people, when they actually encounter the real Jesus and his presence, they say yes. Okay? So just remember that. You want to represent him. You're not trying to make a point. You're not trying to check off a box. You actually care enough about the person who's asking you questions that you want to help them. Okay? Just going to set that there, and here we go. All right. Salvation. It is a new birth that actually makes us new creations. So we began 
and I helped you understand it's a spiritual birth. When I asked that question, what is it born again? He, would, he could be able to tell me, well, it means your spirit gets born. Your spirit gets born and it's Jesus who does it, right? So it's not a literal birth. But this new birth makes us new creations. It's still you, but it's a new you. Who wants to be a new you? There's advertisements like that, usually for shampoo or something. But anyways, a new you. Galatians 6 and verse 15 says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, there's some tough words, avails anything but a new creation. So he's just saying the old law doesn't do anything, but you need to be a new creation or born again. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. So I call this new birth the ultimate new birth because it is a new birth in your spirit and it causes you from the spirit out or the inside out to become a new creation. Salvation is a new birth that also causes us to be made completely whole. You see, you and I, before we come to Christ, are broken and we need to be made whole. Thanks to Adam and Eve, we can blame them. Thanks to Adam and Eve, disobeying God, sin entered the world, and therefore sin entered onto all who were born. So we are in need of being made whole. John 3.16, a well-known verse, says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved. Everybody say saved. All right, church, if you are talking to somebody at work and you tell them you need to be saved, they're probably going to look at you weird and save from what? I feel okay. This word saved means to be made completely whole. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Okay? So you're not actually bring it, oh, saving you from hell or saving you from some, you know, evil. No, you're actually, this word means, hey, you can be made completely whole, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Isaiah 53 in verse 3, we read this. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness, our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. This is a prophetic scripture about Jesus and about how he would go to the cross and he would carry all of this for us. But what I wanted you to see in that portion of scripture, he covered everything, mind, body, soul, and spirit. He paid the price for it all. You see, this salvation this being born again that Christ makes available is a package deal. It is really, truly amazing. 
And you and I can experience this new birth and be completely made whole. And what do I mean by completely made whole? Let me give you a few things that actually come out of that portion of Scripture that are clearly mentioned. One of those is that you and I are forgiven. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says this, But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of sin, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And let me give you one more before I explain. Acts 5 verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, who you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to His right hand to be Prince and Savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. You and I needed forgiveness. This forgiveness means that he took the price for us. We no longer have to pay it. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's just say an example that would help you understand. Maybe someone here robbed a bank. No, we haven't, but let's say somebody did. Robbed a bank, then they get caught, because you always get caught when you do stuff like that, and now they are being sentenced to a fine and they've got to pay it all back. You see, to be forgiven would be if we were sitting there and we owe all this, this is all coming on us, and somebody walks in and says, it's okay, I got this, I'm going to pay it back for them, all of it. I'm going to take whatever is being put on them, therefore given. Okay, so forgiveness is a good thing. It is an awesome thing, and it's what Christ came to give you and I. Titus chapter 2 and verse 12 says this, We are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. You see, He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, to make us His very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. So Jesus, the price he paid, this new birth being born again, salvation, we'll use some different words, it's the same thing, allows you and I to be forgiven. As well, this new birth, receiving what Christ did, also brings healing according to Scripture. Physical healing. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You see, the same price that Jesus paid to forgive sins is also the same price that was paid for healing. His body was broken for yours and my healing. His blood was shed for yours and my forgiveness. He did it all at the same time and made it available to you and I. Acts chapter 4 and verse 9, and I'll just give you a little bit of background. This is a miraculous healing that happened. And the disciples uh, came into the temple and there was a crippled man laying there. And they come and they see that he has faith and they grab him by the right hand and tell him to get up. And he's instantly healed, and he goes into the temple walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, it's amazing. People gather together. 
they get to hear about Jesus. It actually says that about 5,000 people came to Christ. But the religious people aren't too happy about it because they're preaching Jesus. They're saying Jesus is the reason this man is healed. Jesus is the reason he's healed. And they don't like it too much. But this is the answer that is given back to the Pharisees in Acts chapter 4, verse 9. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? So they're answering now the religious leaders. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scripture where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. This is an amazing portion of scripture. Here they answer, they give the gospel message, they say the healing is through his name, and then very clearly there's no other name. You see, this new birth cannot be attained a number of ways. There are not many ways to God. There's one. There's only one name. There's only salvation or new birth in one. Scripture clearly says no other name under heaven where you can be saved. One way. There's a song about that. One way, Jesus. I don't think I'm singing it right. But anyways, one way. And his name is Jesus. With this new birth, we are also given eternal life. Now, I'm getting to the part where I'm saying this is the ultimate new birth because this new birth is not only for 70-some years. This is for eternity, forever and ever and ever. We really don't understand eternity. It's, we, everything we do is in a time frame. Eternity really means no time, no end. But for us, we're always like, mm, a little bit further. A little, you know, we're taught, you count this many years. You, but in God's word, this new birth will last forever. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Forever we can live with him. And John chapter 14 and verse 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you can be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can I say it again? There's only one way, and it's actually one person, and it's one name. It's Jesus. Let me say that again. It's Jesus. John 3.36 echoes this. It says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life. 
the wrath of God abides on him. You see, this ultimate new birth is free and it's for all. And it is easy to receive. Who here likes free stuff? If you didn't put your hand up, you were lying in church. Everybody likes free stuff. <laughs> When's the last time you got something for free? You, you kind of remember, oh, I got that for free. That was cool. When's the last time recently? Think about that. Yeah, you got something for free? Christmas. Christmas. People didn't put their hand up. And I'm like, didn't we just have Christmas? You all got something for free. It's called a gift. But getting something for free is pretty cool. It feels good. But let me read to you Romans 5 and verse 15. It says, There is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness. To many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift, everybody say free gift, leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Okay, I just want to stop there for a second. A gift is typically free, but we're, he said free gift just to make sure. And in our day and age, that's probably a good idea, because sometimes you can get a gift from online, but it's not really free because it has strings attached. And before you know it, you signed up for monthly contribution to something you didn't want for a little free gift. So this is really a free gift. Okay? 17, verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death, through this one man, Jesus Christ. So it is free. Having births in the natural are not free. Did you know that? Who's had a birth recently? You can tell people it's not free. What our government pays for us to have the birth? Well, sure, but you're going to be buying car seats and cribs, and there's a lot of cost with a new birth. Start a new business, there's a lot of cost. But this ultimate new birth is completely free to you. You do not have to pay a cent. All right? Romans 10, 13. It's free and it's for all. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So who can be saved? Everyone. I sometimes like to ask this question. So just looking around, just think, don't say this out loud, but is there somebody you really don't like? They're like the worst person you can think of. They're like, man, that person for sure isn't going to heaven. Here's my next point. God wants them saved. And he could save them today. And they could live forever in heaven right beside you. Think of that for a minute. <laughs> Woo! Moving on. Anyhow, it's for everyone. Anyone. And don't worry, God changes people when they get saved. But I want you not to count anybody out. Even the person at work that is the most annoying, terrible person, God wants to save them. Often the people that are the uh, nastiest, the people you dislike the most, often they have some really brokenness in them. That's what makes them that way. 
And they really need Jesus. I'm just going to leave that with you. They probably are needing him more than anybody. Because the stuff that's coming out of them is from a deep, deep hurt inside. Okay, so just know that. Pray for them. And pray that God gets a hold of them. All right, Acts 16 and verse 30. It's another story. Actually, I think our worship leader talked a little bit about this story. This was Paul and Silas in jail singing at midnight. And earthquake happens and the doors shake open. And the jailer is about to kill himself because he thinks everybody escaped. And in those days, if you were the jailer and they escaped, they killed you. But of course, back in that day, they were never nice about how they killed people. Anyways, we have young people here, so we'll move on. Uh, but Peter and, uh, or sorry, Paul and Silas say, you know, don't, we're here, don't kill yourself. And verse 30, then he brought them out, the jailer, uh, and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. So, it's for everyone. It's free. And it is easy to receive. The jailer asks, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to experience this new birth? And they said, sir, all you need to do is believe. Okay? You need to believe it. And if you're willing to do that, we can go forward to the other steps. And water baptism is actually something we do here. Uh, we allow people to go to that step as well. The thing I love about it is there are many places in Scripture where someone accepts Christ and immediately gets water baptized. You see, it's a public confession of your faith saying, yes, I'm one of His, yes, I'm going to serve Him. So it's easy to receive the new birth. You believe. Romans 10 and verse 9 makes it even a little bit clearer, and I would say a little bit simpler. And it says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, so you're using words, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this is simple. It is not complicated. You see, receiving this new birth is as simple as you saying, I believe you, Lord Jesus. I receive. I need it. I want it. And he gives it. You see, it's much like a Christmas gift with your name on it but it'll do you no good if you leave it under the tree. It'll do you no good if you leave it on the table and never take it to yourself. It's already been paid for, and it already has your name on it. You simply need to receive it. So today, we're going to make opportunity for anyone who may not have yet asked Christ into their life. There may be one or two here, and we're going to make opportunity for you to pray and ask Him to forgive you, to make you new. We're going to help you say some words, and we do that simply by praying a prayer, and we ask you to repeat it. We believe this is a first step. This is a beginning to walking with Jesus because it's that simple. So I'm going to ask you as a congregation to 
Repeat after me for that one that might be here, not sitting far from you, who needs to accept. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Heal my brokenness. Use me, Lord. I am saved. Amen.